Hello Facebook Ads people, I'm Kostadinos and this is the Facebook Ads Breaking News Podcast. Hello guys, uh, I don't know if you missed me but I must say that uh, I didn't miss you because I was answering all of your comments um, and um, the only thing that I missed is the studio, you know, and doing videos again. So today we're going to start with a podcast um, which is, uh, you know, um, I gathered all of your uh, questions, things that happened during the vacation and uh, things that I want to discuss in general. I don't know how long it's going to be. If it's going to be too big, maybe I'm going to make part A and part B and I'm going to upload it in uh, two weeks instead of one. Uh, so let's start. I have uh, many of your questions, but first of all, um, we are a podcast. If you are not a podcast, if you are not going to uh, comment on what happened between uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Elon Musk and uh, all of these things that happened uh, during August. Uh, so because we respect ourselves, we're going to discuss about it. And uh, um, let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, first of all, we have a tweet from uh, Zuckerberg here saying... Um, um, I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious and it's time to move on. I offered a real date. Uh, Dana White uh, offered to make this a legit competition for charity. Elon won't confirm a date, then says he needs surgery and now asks uh, to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If Elon uh, ever gets serious about a real date and official event, uh, he knows how to reach me. Otherwise, time to move on. I'm going to focus on uh, competing with people who take the sport seriously. Obviously, we're talking about uh, Brazilian Zizou fight between uh, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. It would be so nice. Uh, most probably, if it was going to happen in Italy, I would uh, book a ticket also to go there uh, to see it live, if that would be possible. But um, stupidly enough, uh, I can say that I would pay a lot of money to see that. It would be amazing. We are transitioning into an era that uh, all of these influencers and stuff, I hope that... In five or ten years from now, I won't have to go inside a cage with someone else doing Facebook ads just to solve our differences about uh, the disagreements that we have about the algorithm or so. Um, I think it's transitioning to that, that everybody is doing um, uh, MMA fights right now. Uh, I have seen people that I never believed that they would do it, doing it and so on. Elon Musk said in one uh, uh, fight recap, uh, I joked on next about fighting Zook. Zook then said, send me location. Italy graciously offered the Colosseum. Zach declined. Uh, I suggested his home as safe space. Tragically, he was ahem traveling. Uh, is there any anywhere we will fight? And uh, to be honest with you, I, I will take the side of Zuckerberg here because he's trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, not in a master level, but he is doing trainings every day. And uh, Elon doesn't do any of that. So I think that he would be able to kick his ass. Um, on the other hand, I, I, would be, I wouldn't be opposed of uh, Elon being able to hit him in the face at least one or twice. That would be amazing. Uh, the amount of memes that we could create for our videos, it would be amazing with all of these punches and stuff. Um, you know, it, it would be amazing. It would be only content, content, content. Uh, but it's not going to happen, sadly. So my, uh, my idea was that I would see Mark um, 
uh, trying to defend while uh, um, the bigger body uh, Elon Musk would go and would try to punch him, maybe land one or two punches uh, and then uh, Mark will take him to the ground and he it's going to dominate him. This, this is what I would anticipate um, and I would love to see um, Elon punching uh, Zuckerberg in the face. Uh, but anyway, it's a history. It's not going to happen, so there's no point of discussing it. Uh, a lot of drama for nothing, if you ask me. Um, but let's see. Maybe we have something uh, in the future with this. Now, to the more serious stuff, and let's start talking about um, uh, ad accounts and then asking and then answering questions. Um, a lot of questions. I have a lot of videos coming right now. Um, I will produce some case studies, one-year case studies of uh, some other accounts. And um, while I'm answering some questions, I will say if there's something which is coming in the future that's going to explain it better. If not, I'm going to refer to old videos and, of course, answer everything here. Um, one thing before we go to the questions. You know that I have a lot of videos topic talking about shop ads. Uh, shop ads are now available only in the United States. Uh, I didn't know that, I must admit it, because somebody asked me uh, about Canada and I told him that he should be able to see it or do a commerce manager, but it's not that, it's that it's not available. In Greece, for example, they have removed them. The thing is that I really like them because in the other accounts that I'm using them, I'm having much better results because they're combining the sales of the meta platform plus the sales of the website. So it's looking much better for me. Plus the incentives that Facebook is giving for people buying from the store and they give 20% discounts, refunding the 20% to the owners within Shopify and so on. Uh, of course, it has some cost for the owners because the transaction fees were a little bit uh, high, but I think that they were fixing that. Anyway, it's happening only in the United States, but it's super effective. One thing, though, that for all of you that you are from the United States, which I want you to look, is this. When you are doing uh, your uh, shop ads, uh, you have your link to your website, but after that, there's a window below, which is saying the, the, um, the destination uh, for the shop. So if you're sending someone to this t-shirt for example into your site then in the uh, shop inside facebook you need to send them also here and so on uh, one thing that i didn't know is that when this item goes out of stock then facebook goes and turns off your ads so uh, i had one product in one ad account selling uh, very well having very good sales and uh, immediately after it went out of stock, then the campaign started dying. So, so I see what happened and then I saw that the ads were closed by Meta because this item was out of stock. So you have two options about that. If you know that an item is, going to, is, is not going to have a lot of stock, what you can do is you can send them to a collection page instead, which is having this item first, for example, bestsellers. It's having this item first, but it's having also other items so that your ads are not going to be closed because... A lot of times we're seeing that there are uh, campaigns, for example, that they're selling an item, this item goes out of stock, but the sales continue coming because this item is just such a strong item that it's a good initiation for people to enter within the website. So even if people are, being, are saying, okay, I like this product, if they come, it's out of stock, and then they buy something else, that's still totally fine and it can hold the campaign. And um, so instead of losing a campaign because it went out of stock, you can keep it 
even if you are running shop ads by just running it to a cattle to um, a collection page which is going to be uh, with the best sellers or new arrivals or whatever you may choose that uh, to be that being said this is what I want to say about the shop ads and I think that if you are in the United States you should definitely try them and they are going to be uh, good two more things be before we go to the questions I do know that there is a new uh, thing, Advantage Plus, uh, it's called Advantage Plus Targeting, uh, and you have seen it in many accounts. I'm going to do a separate video about that. Um, I don't think it's a huge change, so you know if you use the one or the other option. Um, I have tested it, I haven't seen big differences, so I'm just mentioning it, but I'm going to do a whole video about it. Uh, last thing that I want to say... Uh, we had uh, Shopify audiences. Uh, sorry if I'm a little bit slow, but uh, you have to understand that I haven't done any video for a long time, so I'm a little bit unused to it. Um, last thing uh, before we go to the questions is that um, we have Shopify audiences. Shopify audiences are audiences that Shopify is creating. If you have Shopify Plus, you have access to them. And uh, basically what is happening is that uh, they say, okay, you're selling T-shirts. We have the data from a lot of other uh, people having stores within Shopify selling t-shirts. So we can create an audience which is going to be similar to what you are selling so that you can add it to Facebook and advertise to them. They are not working at all. Okay, so I've tried them in several accounts and I've tried them also in very strong ad accounts that even if you do broad targeting with just the catalog, it's working. Um, so I can tell you that uh, Shopify addresses are not working at all. And um, I'm, I'm super negative about them because it's completely different from saying, okay, it's not working in another account, it's not good. But when you see them not working in very, very, very good other accounts, then it's a problem. You know that it's not going to work anywhere. So for me, even if I have seen some posts saying how good the Shopify audiences are, I can tell you that uh, I have tried them and they didn't work well at all. Uh, now, let's go to questions uh, one by one. Uh, let's try to see how fast uh, we can uh, get up. I think it's more than 60 or something like that or more than 50. First question. Uh, we have here a question that says, <laughs> uh, I was showing another account with five ROAS and uh, there's a comment over here that says, I bet your ads manager is over-reporting by a lot. Guys, don't be toxic because you cannot have five ROAS into your, um, into your ad account. Uh, First of all, I'm not the kind of person who is saying that I'm having five rows or six rows in all of my ad accounts, okay? So I'm not flexing in a way to deserve that, okay? Secondly, uh, if you're not having this kind of results, maybe it's not your fault. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that everybody needs to have five rows. This, this was an ad account with $1,000 average order value. And even because I know that some people might... And the other reason that I do it is because... I don't want someone to come and work with me because they believe that they can have five rows while they have two rows. Okay, so I'm mentioning to all of my videos. This is another account which is having an average order value of one thousand dollars. Blah blah, interior space and so on. So it's completely different when somebody is actually not flexing, but he's actually uh, saying the truth. Also, I told you that uh, uh, the uh, break-even rows over here is four. Why don't, why don't you see that? Okay, you just see five rows and you compare it with your own ad account that you're getting two rows, for example, and you say that it's over-reporting because nobody's getting five rows. There are other accounts that are getting 30 rows. 
50 ROAS, they are selling much more expensive items. It doesn't mean uh, the things that you need to watch is what is uh, the uh, break-even return on ad spend and how much you are getting and how much you are scaling. Because if you are getting, for example, four ROAS, your break-even ROAS is four and you are spending $1,000 per month, that's a problem. If you are spending 500K uh, per month and your break-even ROAS is four and you are getting four ROAS with that spend, then it's totally fine, in my opinion, and in opinion of several uh, e-commerce owners that I know. So it's it's completely different in a way that you're looking uh, what kind of ROAS you want to have in any other account and so on. So don't be toxic. Just see how you can improve it in yourself and don't just uh, blaming the over-reporting or uh, stuff like that. Uh, as I told you, uh, there are other accounts that they have that they have 30 ROAS, but I'm not showing them for this kind of reason. Okay, if somebody is selling, for example, something that has average value of $5,000, you cannot just come and say that, hey guys, I'm getting 30 rows in the ad account by just uh, spending $10,000. So what? Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to show this kind of stuff. Anyway, here we're talking about several sales. We're talking about, um, uh, you're going to see the case study of this one. I'm going to make one year case study. How I reached them from spending 20k to actually now spending 200k in United States and 200k um, around 200k in United Kingdom. And I'm expanding also to Canada and I'm expanding also to New Zealand and Australia right now with other accounts. So I'm going to show you the journey. I'm going to show you the rows and how I scaled and what I did. What I did. All the things that I'm showing you in this channel is what I did. But anyway. Anyway, that's uh, the first thing that I want to start with because uh, it wasn't so technical. Let's go to the next one. Uh, this is an Upwork uh, job post. Uh, we need someone to fix our Facebook campaign for our e-commerce store. We need an experienced Facebook campaign manager who knows how to run uh, and set Facebook campaigns. We have an issues with our current campaign which doesn't attract any new customers. So, I don't know why I put that there. Uh, these are things that I saved also during vacation, so I don't remember why I did. Most probably the thing that I'm seeing here is that uh, it doesn't attract any new customers. So, how do you define success? Do you define success by watching if, an, if a campaign is getting sales from new customers only, or if it's getting mixed sales, or if it's getting sales from old and new customers, um, or just old customers, I guess? Uh, so... Maybe the reason that I put it here is because, <laughs> first of all, if you have a campaign, nobody can come there and just fix it, okay? He has to start uh, new campaigns, test new things and stuff. It's not like you go there and you change the setting and then it's working magically. It's not a car uh, to fix the engine. Um, so, first of all, this is the one thing. It's a wrong mentality to believe that you have a campaign and somebody can come and fix it for you. Uh, secondly... Um, doesn't attract new customers it's a little bit of alarming in sense of okay you cannot have only new customers from facebook uh, facebook is going to steal some of the sales of the old customers if we consider that stealing uh, but this is good because it's going to help you get new customers eventually by just getting the data uh, of uh, the old anyway Let's keep in mind here that if one campaign is not working, it's better to do something else instead of trying to fix this one that doesn't uh, work. Unless if it was working in the past and you just give it some time. Or in my opinion, if it's working in the past, you can just relaunch it uh, by duplicating it and uh, it's going to start working again. Let's go to the next one. This is Paolo. 
hello guys, uh, I've launched a campaign for an Nikon product, uh, Advanced Plus, uh, with two ads. Okay, I find it a little bit low for Advanced Plus. I don't like you to do campaigns with just two ads. Uh, the day before yesterday, I spent $200 in that campaign and was doing a conversion for every $20 I spent. I have uh, $28 of commission for a sale. Yesterday, the same campaign got a deep dive in the stats and made conversions every $30 uh, spent, so slight in a loss. Today, I've spent $50 so far. No sales and CPC to the moon. Uh, CPM is 22. Uh, geolocation is USA, but CTR is 1.3. Is What's happening? What do you think I should do? Uh, can it be two bad days or uh, do I need to change my strategy? P.S. Thank you, Costadinos. Costadinos, I would like some video on your course about fresh uh, starts with new pixels. There, there are... Uh, in the course we have uh, videos with that. Um, now, um, first of all, we have the effect over here, uh, which is super typical uh, with new accounts, especially in new pixels, that we're getting very good results in the first 24, 48 hours. And then what happens is that the results are dipping and uh, we're not having good results. Why is this happening? We have explained it several times, but let me explain again. In the first 24, 48 hours, uh, you are just, um, by the way, you can pause the video and you can answer and see if our answers are going to be the same. Let's make this interactive, okay? So the thing is this, in the first 24, 48 hours, uh, Facebook, uh, because we're optimizing for a purchase, is going to give us the best uh, leads or leads as people so that they can convert the low-hanging fruits as we call them in order for us to convert and continue having sales so that it can optimize facebook is working in a way that is getting one sale it's costadinos then it's getting another sale and another sale based on costadinos and the other person and so on so if we don't have any data how are we going to optimize to get more sales and more sales so it makes sense that in the first 24 48 hours facebook is boosting a little bit uh, so that we can get some sales and we can start our campaign. If our pixel is not strong enough to continue having uh, these uh, good results after that, this is a problem. Also, we have the randomness of the initial results. This is why I have created the crazy method, because you might get a sale, which is going to be a person that Facebook sees as a low-hanging fruit, but it's not the ideal avatar client for you that is going to help you get more people based on the statistics that this person has. For example, let's say that, um, okay, I have one example. Let's say that um, I am, um, I have no children, okay, but I have a niece. So let's say that I'm buying a dress for uh, my niece, uh, but uh, Facebook wants to try to advertise to people that they have kids so that they can buy clothes. I'm just a bad um, low-hanging fruit that I was there by mistake, I converted and I bought one dress for my niece, but I'm not going to buy more uh, or I'm not the ideal avatar client because I don't have any kids. So it's going to target people without kids uh, after me and it's not going to continue. So it's about being lucky also in your initial sales. This is why we're using the crazy method and other things because I believe that the randomness of the initial results, especially if you don't have a good pixel, because if you have a good pixel, you're going to get the push from Facebook, but we are going to get it with the help of the pixel also. If you don't have a good pixel, which is not ready yet, you're just going to get the help of Facebook giving you a sale. So I'm a person that I don't have children. I converted because I wanted to buy something for my niece, uh, which is totally random. I just wanted to buy, no birthday, nothing. And then I'm just 
creating a hot pocket around me, which is not correct because I'm not a parent. And basically this store needs parents in order to convert to more. So that's just a stupid example, which might have happened in reality. Um, And uh, uh, this is how it's working. This is why you're not getting the sales. What can you do? You can do relances, especially with Advanced Plus. You don't have the option of actually being able to um, you know, close one asset and stuff because it's just one asset. It's not like crazy method. But in Advanced Plus, you have the option of running several ads. And I think one of your mistakes over here, my friend Paolo, is that you are running only two ads. So you need to put several ads in order for you to be able to close ads that are not doing well and giving the budgets to the ones that are actually converting or they have, or not only converting, but they have created a hot pocket which is going to continue converting because it's the ideal avatar and it was uh, a correct lucky sale initially. So don't forget about the randomness of the initial results and how it works because a lot of times you're going to find yourself watching a campaign working for one or two days because it's being boosted, which also shows how rigged is the game with Facebook. If Facebook wanted to give me just a lot of sales in my store, it could. Okay, but it has to just give all of this wealth to a lot of people so that all of them can advertise. So uh, that's it. I think one crucial mistake here is the two ads. Okay, I would do more than 10. In your case, even 15. Uh, yeah, easily. Okay, so okay, let's go to the next one. Hi, I love the channel. Thank you very much. Uh, would you recommend changing my Advanced Plus campaign uh, age range to 30, 65 plus? Or keep it broad. You cannot change the age on Advanced Plus unless if you have any of the new features that they announced that they're going to uh, roll until the end of the year. Uh, we cannot change yet uh, the ages. Uh, it has been uh, going well, but I noticed that almost all of my customers are women 30-65+. First of all, uh, above anything that Costadinos is going to say or whoever is going to tell you anything, there is one rule that applies to everything that you do within Facebook ads and uh, this rule doesn't change to any strategy, to anything else. If something is working, you're not going to touch it. You're not going to change it. There is no such thing as I'm going to make it better. You're going to make it worse. Mathematically, this is for sure. So don't touch things that are working within Facebook. If you want, you can start something else, another campaign, but not an advanced plus, obviously, because you cannot touch the range of the ages. And don't forget that the reason that is working right now with 3065 is because what we said earlier about hot pockets, it optimized in a hot pocket that it's fine, suitable, and it's having sales there. There's no need for you to go change it or make it in another edge because it's already optimized to that. It doesn't need any more guidance. In any future ads, just observing that and saying, okay, I'm going to run a crazy method CBO and I'm going to have this age, it's totally fine. I'm not against that, okay? Uh, but touching things that are working, uh, I think you should not because you are going to regret it. I have a comment, I believe, later from a person talking about how uh, he touched his ads and uh, ruined everything, which was uh, months of ads performing well. Now, let's go to the next one. I think I replied to him and he said, uh, thank you so much. Um, I tried out Advanced Plus after I discovered your channel this weekend and so happy that I did. I got better rows now. It's been running since Friday and generated me sales uh, every day except today though. Is that okay? It is okay to have uh, one bad day. Uh, also something else that I want to say about Paolo, if we can um, bring again this comment here. It says, I have spent this the first day, the second day. Today, 
I spent 50 so far with no sales. I don't want to see anyone anymore in this channel criticizing a day without closing 24 hours. I don't care if you go in the evening and you watch the ads and they don't have any sale yet. I have seen other accounts having sales in the last two or three hours of the day. So don't criticize something uh, based, okay, you can take an idea and I also do it, but I do it as a gossip. I don't do it so that I can panic and I can take decisions. I know that I will have to take difficult decisions the next day, but I'm not going to take any decisions on that day during the half of the day based on the spend that I had so far. That being said, here we have, I got better rose, it's been running since Friday and so on. Uh, is that okay? How many zero sale days until you decide it's time to turn off the campaign? I would say in two days with zero sales, you will have to close the campaign. My pixel is also pretty new. Uh, started running ads last month uh, only. Uh, only. Uh, thanks again for the great content. It's amazing that uh, Advanced Plus is working for you with a new pixel. Imagine what is going to happen later if your pixel gets uh, much better uh, data. That would be amazing. Uh, watch the videos about Advanced Plus about optimization and I think that uh, you will be fine but um, don't forget that you are very lucky that right now Advanced Plus is working for you with a new pixel because it's broad targeting after all, okay? Uh, next one. Hello, what a great content. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it, it will look like uh, all of these comments are staged. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I am a, uh, but I put a negative one at the start, you see. So I'm subject, I'm, uh, I'm subjective, actually. Uh, I'm a little bit confused. Uh, are you using different creative for uh, for the same product in Advanced Plus or you are using different creatives of different products in the same Advanced Plus? Look, you can do the both, okay? Uh, you can do both. Uh, what you can do is that you can use... Uh, there are several uses of Advanced Plus. Advanced Plus can be used for scaling. First of all, it's a, it's a campaign which uh, you can go... You can put several creatives for one product that you know that is working and uh, you're just putting a big budget. It's much more difficult to have a big budget CBO with several assets instead of having one uh, Advanced Plus. On the other hand, you can do only eight Advanced Plus per ad account. Uh, secondly, you can use it uh, in order to try different landing pages. For example, you can have the same creative that you know that is working and then different landing pages. You can use it in order to target and uh, in order to try to uh, market different products. You can use it in order to try to see different creatives for a product. Uh, you can use it in order to test uh, other copy and stuff. What I want you to understand from this is that whenever you do a test, I want you to just put something that is working and something that you want to test. For example, you know that the creative is working and you want to test a copy. So you do uh, several ads with the same creative that you know that's working and you test the different copies to see which copy is creating. Don't just put all of them together and just test them. Unless if you're starting right now and you have to start from somewhere, so you have to toss everything inside and see what is going to work and what doesn't. Let's go to next. next one is Federico. Hello guys, uh, I would like to test some videos and photos to see which one performs best. I also understood in a dynamic creative it's better to use only one type of media. My idea is to use one CBO campaign broad with two ad set, one with video and another one with photos. Does it make sense or do I need to use different campaigns? I really love how uh, people come up with the most uh, strange uh, ideas. So for, for example, why you have to group together in a CBO uh, one uh, ad set with videos and one ad set with images? Why don't you do just um, two different campaigns? Um, 
I'm just saying, I'm just trying to understand how, from where is that coming from, okay? Why? Just because you're bored to do another campaign? Is it because of boring? It could be a valid reason, but I would like to know why. So I will tell you why you should not do it, but I just, I just don't understand why your mind doesn't go to the fact that, okay, it's two different things. I'm going to do two different campaigns, okay? So just to be sure, you know, even if you don't know, just to be sure you would do two different campaigns and you will be 100% sure that what you're doing is correct. First of all, you can do Advanced Plus to test, as we said earlier, but you can do also CBO with dynamic creative ads. Now, it's not okay. Uh, by the way, technically, you said that you're going to use one uh, ad set with videos and one with images. I know Federico. I have talked with Federico several times. Most probably he already knows that. He just wants to see if it's correct or not. I wouldn't interfere in any campaign that has from one side videos and from one side uh, images. Okay, you haven't done the most crucial mistake, which is to group them together in the same ad set, which is going to bring a lot of conflicts. But you are still using a CBO campaign with two different ad sets that they are going to have different metrics in terms of engagement. Why is this important? And this is the reason that we also don't mix them together in dynamic creative ads or even, or even in advanced plus. Initially, as we discussed about Hot Pockets, what is happening is that Facebook is going to see if an ad is having a good engagement or bad engagement in order to decide if it's going to spend more money to it. Uh, the whole Facebook is a community, okay? And inside there, we have some ads which are good, some ads which are bad. And Facebook wants to push only the content that considers good. So initially, the first thing that Facebook watches in a CBO campaign or in Advanced Plus is if this ad that is serving is getting, in, in this, in this uh, example, for example, it's going to see the combination of dynamic creative ads or videos or images and see which one is getting the best engagement. Is it getting... Um, uh, the image one, the copy two, the headline three, they're getting a very good engagement as a thing. Okay, this ad is getting more spent in order to see if this engagement can actually translate to sales. And it goes like this. So, how do we define the engagement from videos and from images? For videos, even when you scroll down in your feed, the first three seconds, uh, if somebody watches three seconds of a video, in which auto plays also, you don't have to click it, most of the times it auto plays. Three seconds are considered engagement, but in the image it's much more difficult to have engagement. So you're comparing pears with apples. It's completely different, okay? Uh, so you should not group them together in a campaign that has completely different rules because what I'm guessing here is that the videos uh, ad set is going to get much more spent. But is it the truth? Is it the true winner? Because it starts with engagement, but it doesn't compete with another asset with videos. It competes with images, which are getting much more difficult. Uh, the engagement, uh, because you have to click, you have to watch them, you have to share them, you have to like them. You, it's not something which goes in autoplay. So. That being said, that's the reason that I wouldn't group them together and I think that you should not and you should do just uh, two different campaigns. Next one. Uh, how long does it take uh, to test a single product ad before it goes live uh, with a high budget? What percentage of your budget do you use for testing? Zero. I use zero percentage for testing. Why? Because I'm testing while I'm having sales immediately. Now we have the tools. Back in the day, we had ABO, so 
you had to test. Okay. Now you have CBO and you have advanced plus also. In CBO, you can just have uh, dynamic creative ads, and while you are having sales, you can actually go and you can test uh, the creatives that are working. The same thing goes to advanced plus. While you are having sales, you can test which creatives uh, and products or whatever that may be that are working because. It doesn't make any sense if you do ABO campaigns, for example, you spend $10, $20 to see if something is working and has sales, if it doesn't work in bigger numbers. And CBO and Advantage Plus are going to show you that because if you have a dominant ad within uh, Advantage Plus or you have an ad set which is working very well inside a CBO campaign, not with a predefined budget, but with the, fa- with the budget that Facebook is giving it from the CBO campaign, then you know that these are things that you can just scale, scale, scale. With ABO, you don't know that. You just spend $10, you have some good results, but you don't know if it's going to be able to be successful uh, in a CBO campaign or in other campaigns. A lot of times it's going to be, but it's not the correct way. I'm thinking that you're losing money of testing things for no reason. You can go straight away to sales and test while you're having sales and also test the fact, test if these products can actually sell in the real market and not in a test, uh, okay? of $10 per day. And uh, the next thing is that uh, you're losing money and time, okay? Uh, It's the money that you will spend in tests while you can just run them and have sales in CBO campaigns that you're going to keep. Uh, And the other thing is that um, you're losing time in sense of you're losing weeks and maybe the momentum of a product selling on this period of uh, the year or in this week or in the next week, uh, just because you're testing with a small budget and uh, until you see or decide if you're going to move or not. So I don't do any testings on the other accounts. I do tests uh, while I'm uh, having sales. Next one. Uh, Hello, dear. Your content, uh, amazing, keep up, thank you. Can I request from you a video talking about targeting worldwide for e-commerce fashion store and give us tips which best countries to target, thank you. So, uh, I have a video, I believe that, uh, let's pop it up here, uh, how to advertise in different countries. There are very different uh, things to talk about that. Uh, First of all, when you advertise to several countries, You need to group them together to different clusters. Uh, Is it going to be based on language? For example, a lot of times people group together Germany, Austria, Switzerland, okay, for the German language. Uh, Is it going to be uh, for the time zone? Uh, It's, um, uh, for example, a lot of times people group uh, together uh, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Is it going to be based on the size? A lot of times people put United States alone because it's a very big size and you cannot group it with other countries. So there are some several rules to use. First of all, don't use worldwide as a targeting and try to use the the countries that you want. Um, A very simple rule that uh, you could follow is that you do United States alone because if you group it with any other country, United States is going to take the majority of the budget. There are exceptions to that. If you are spending uh, five or ten thousands per day to it and you have a lot of countries, yes, it's going to spend among all of them. Uh, But if you spend lower budgets, no. Uh, Then you have Canada, uh, which sadly, because the United States is very big, it has to go also uh, alone. Uh, A lot of times people group together Canada and United States. Okay, fine. It's acceptable in terms of that they are in the same time zone, so the prime hours are going to be the same. What is the problem if you group together United States and Australia? First of all, United States is very big. 
Australia it's uh, smaller and the prime zone is different so the prime zone is after five o'clock up to 10 11 o'clock where people mostly buy it's a time that the people go back to home from uh, their work and stuff and they have more intention to buy um, that being said having different prime hours it's going to make the campaign uh, to, for the campaign budget optimization more difficult to distribute the budget along the hours of the day uh, and focus in specific hours that they are having better sales like the way that it does it when we put um, time zones that they are the same and countries that they have the same time zones so you won't have problem uh, to have different times for different uh, prime hours uh, another thing is the reset of the ads so if your ads are resetting, for example, at 12, they are resetting for all other accounts at 12 o'clock in the night. If you have different countries, they are resetting in some strange hours that you might need it to spend more money on that hours because it's a prime uh, time zone. This has to do with the time zone that you set into your ad account. So be careful. And a lot of times in big companies, um, I do have uh, different ad accounts with different time zones for the different accounts that I want to have. Then you have uh, United Kingdom, uh, which um, can go alone easily. Uh, it's also not uh, European Union. So for a lot of companies, uh, for logistics, this is a very easy solution uh, to them to have it separately. And then you have all the other countries in, in uh, European Union and so on, which, which is a huge mess because they have a lot of different languages and stuff. So you can group them all together and see what you can do. Germany, uh, Australia, Austria, uh, Germany, Austria, Switzerland is a very good cluster for the German language. Um, the Balkan area with uh, Romania, Bulgaria and all of these countries is very difficult because of the different languages. Anyway, Europe is a mess. Uh, it's very difficult. Um, the, the best countries that I think that you should target is uh, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, don't expect anything crazy from Australia and New Zealand. They are very small uh, countries. You might, you see Australia as a huge continent, but it's very small. It's 20 million. New Zealand is 3 million potential reach. They are very small. Even Greece has, uh, has bigger potential reach from New Zealand. Uh, but uh, they're good markets. Uh, then you have uh, Germany. Uh, Austria, Switzerland, it's a very good cluster uh, over there uh, that you can advertise uh, using the German language or English. Uh, I would prefer if you use the German language there. United Kingdom alone uh, can do pretty well. And then you have United States and Canada. You can group them together or run different ads to them. Uh, plus, we said several times in this channel that what else you can do is that you can do French ads with the French language in the Quebec area in Canada. They are super effective because it's an underserved uh, market. Um, that's all about that. Uh, don't forget that if you put a lot of countries, then you need to also check where the spend goes. For example, a lot of times, why do we say, for example, that uh, when you put worldwide is bad? Because, for example, India is taking all the budget. Egypt, Turkey, they take all the budget. Um, the, Morocco. Uh, the problem is that these countries, they get a lot of, um, you get a lot of traffic from them, but people are not converting. And uh, they have lower CPMs and so on. So it's consistently taking your budget, but you're not getting good sales. So there are good counters to target and bad counters to target. I think that this all sums up everything. And I think that you can find more in the video that uh, I said that I made about that topic. Next one. Uh, do you take into consideration the delay of reporting in the ads manager when optimizing a campaign because you don't have the data there on Facebook or because you don't know? 
Do you take into consideration the delay of reporting in the ads manager when optimizing a campaign because you don't have the data there on Facebook or because you don't know? Because you don't know. And because I don't have the data. So let me explain to you. Um, let me finish your question. I track my sales with UTMs and sometimes I get 90% uh, tracking data. Perfect. Uh, so I have the data instantly, but Facebook takes ages to report back. Okay. I guess it is okay to spend more on the campaign that I know are bringing more results, even though Facebook still doesn't know it. What's your, your opinion on that? So delayed reporting. Delayed reporting in uh, United States is, um, it can be up to 72 hours. It really depends on the product. So if you're selling a t-shirt, which is selling for $25, $30, uh, which is in the comfort zone, uh, or whatever item you're selling in the comfort zone, um, I wouldn't care so much about delayed reporting because I have volume of sales, okay, with my uh, sales. But if I'm selling an expensive item and I'm seeing, for example, four checkouts and uh, I'm expecting one sale that's going to give me the ROAS that I want and uh, in the other case, you're just having... Uh, several sales already and you're just expecting some sales that they might give you 0.2 more rows or 0.2 less. Doesn't doesn't matter. So it really depends if you have to wait or not on uh, the average order value uh, that you're having on the ad account and if it's an item that's not within the comfort zone so you're not talking about volume but you're talking more about one sale making a very huge difference because of the revenue that's going to bring. That being said, over there in these other accounts, you have to be more flexible, okay? And in the other ad accounts, you can be more aggressive, uh, but it's up to you and also based on the amount of money that you spend. If you're spending a lot of money, you also have to be flexible there. Now, do I scale something that I can see that is working from the UTMs? No. The reason is very simple. And this is why I don't use Triple Whale or Hyros or uh, these kind of programs. The reason is that Facebook is going to optimize based on what it sees and if it's getting five sales within the ads manager, these are the sales that it's going to use. So I'm not just going to optimize a campaign uh, by just saying that, okay, it's having five sales there, but in reality it has 10 sales because Facebook doesn't see that. Facebook doesn't see, it's not reported back so that Facebook can see that it got 10 sales. So that being said, I'm optimizing with what I see on Facebook. And even if that means that I'm getting lower ROAS on Facebook reported, like let's say I'm getting 1.8 and the reality is 2.5, that's totally fine. I'm going to continue optimizing for 1.8 and I will continue getting 2.5. But I'm going to continue optimizing with what I see there with a number that I see within Facebook and not just gambling with something that Facebook doesn't see. Because it's completely different for an ad set for Facebook to see 10 sales or 15 sales and uh, completely different of seeing five sales. It has less data to optimize. So if you scale it more, Facebook doesn't, doesn't have all of this data to continue giving you sales, but you're just scaling it, you're, you're pushing it while it doesn't have enough data uh, to uh, actually be able to produce the results that you want. Next one. Uh, hey, is there anyone you'd recommend listening or regard uh, uh, listening to regarding uh, Google Ads? Uh, my friend uh, Jonathan, I guess, but uh, he's a little bit shy. Uh, I hope that I will convince him at some point to come. I wanted to make a series uh, in my channel. Yes, I wanted to make another fourth video uh, per week, uh, which was going to be called uh, Two Friends Talk About Facebook Ads. And we would have several topics because he's like me, he's having several clients, uh, we're on the same level, uh, he likes my ideas, I like his ideas, and we could discuss about several topics. 
Uh, imagine, for example, me and him discussing about Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk uh, having a fight. It would be much more fun. But he's very shy. I hope that he's watching that and he's going to reconsider. Uh, but I doubt it because the more the years pass, pass by, he's becoming uh, uh, even more older. Uh, while he's 29, he's behaving like he's uh, 45 or 50 years old. So um, I don't know. Maybe in the new studio, in about one or two years from now, that I'm that I'm making, yeah, I'm making a new uh, studio. Uh, when we are going to go there, maybe I'm going to convince him uh, to be coming once uh, per month. Uh, no, no, come on, once per week. He should come once per week, okay? And maybe there we will have more content about Google Ads. Because I don't do Google Ads, I'm not watching people. It, it's super uh, boring for me to watch any videos about Google Ads, so I don't know. But whoever is working with me on Facebook ads and stuff and they want also Google ads, I send them to uh, Jonathan and uh, we have some very good results there also. Next one. Hi, Constantinos. Great content. Thank you. Uh, a quick question. Have you tested maximize conversion value uh, via the standard maximize uh, number of conversions uh, at uh, ad set level? Any insights? Uh, he's referring to, to the cost caps. Um, over there in the area, you can put instead of uh, maximize conversions, you can put value. Uh, I have videos inside this channel uh, which are all about uh, how to do ads with uh, the cost cap and the value. Back in the day, in order to use that, you had to go back in the day, some months ago, before aggregated events uh, are gone. Uh, in order to use that, you had to go and uh, you had to create uh, one... Um, uh, how it's called, uh, you have to go to the aggregate events and toggle on uh, the button uh, for value optimization. Now you don't need that. Basically, you're optimizing and you're saying, okay, as long as you're giving me two ROAS, for example, keep spending. It, it works like the cost cap. I have videos with uh, manual bidding uh, that um, I'm showing you this channel. Uh, this one, this one, uh, I will put some here just to see. Um, and uh, you can check there, I'm using it there, but it's not it's not working anymore, it just doesn't spend, you know, it used to work more. I think it's because of the loss of data that we have right now because of iOS that it doesn't work so well. Uh, next one. For what I see, a lot of people don't use both. Um, don't use both. What is this? Ah, so this is a video about, uh, uh, about uh, informing people about uh, Pixel Gone. So he says, I don't see a lot of people, uh, uh, I see a lot of people don't use both. He means API and Pixel, uh, mainly because they think they don't need them, but also because, like you said, depending on the platform, your site is on the conversion API, uh, can be very buggy and thus uh, the need for a dev who knows what he's doing. Otherwise, you uh, get one set of data uh, from the Pixel uh, other from the API and can look uh, to a fortune teller uh, to uh, know which data is correct. Uh, so basically, the truth is that the API is gone. Uh, this is what everybody is announcing in Meta. Uh, and um, the problem with that is that there are a lot of... Uh, now we also have data sets. So... Facebook is not very clear. Just one day they just announced data set. They didn't even uh, say anything about it. I'm pretty sure they did and maybe in a forum, but not in a way of, you know, informing us. 
Um, back in the days, you need to have Pixel and API after the iOS 14.5 changes so that they can work together as a synergy and you had better reporting. Uh, browser to server reporting and server to server reporting so it was better and you had added application events in order for you not to have double events now they say that the pixel is going to be removed they're going to be only api now we have data sets if you go to your business settings under your pixels you're not going to be able to see it but you're going to be able to see only data sets so the transition has already happened uh, and uh, we're transitioning into a world that we have only api also, if you go now to your events manager, you will see that before it says a browser server uh, in the reporting. Now it says multiple attribution and um, I don't know, guys, still it's something that we are uh, watching with Facebook and it's going to take some time until uh, we reach to the point that uh, um, we know exactly what's happening. But they said that by the end of the year, they will have all the changes about API and uh, Pixel. Let's go now to my my good friend over here. We have some uh, back and forth with questions. So he's asking, Hi Constantinos, long time no see. Uh, so I'm currently experiencing a pretty weird situation with one of uh, the products I'm testing. I'm testing a heating pad in Lithuanian market that helps women uh, reduce uh, menstrual pain. However, in my ad copy as well as video, uh, I haven't mentioned anything about that. Basically, I'm just using general language like help to relieve spams, uh, belly cramps, etc. So I'm noticing Facebook is showing the ads mostly to people over 65 years old. What do you, what do you, would you expect? Uh, if you if you write the word relief, it's going to, to have that. Uh, could it be that Facebook does not understand uh, who, the tar- who the target audience is, which is mostly younger women uh, who experience menstrual pain? Uh, instead, Facebook is showing ads to people who are more likely to suffer from pain in general, which is older people. At least that's my theory. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think it's correct, but let I'm answering here. Uh, hi, bro. Uh, wondering, when you did... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying here, uh, hi bro, wondering when you will decide to subscribe eventually. Um, obviously, I'm teasing him uh, because he doesn't look like he's subscribed, but I know that he's a subscriber. Uh, then he says, uh, Facebook, uh, I say, Facebook is doing that based on the engagement. Don't forget the main theory. It's ads such with engagement. The more people engage to it, it spends more and then based on uh, conversions when it is getting them. Uh, the audience that engages or converts creates hot pockets. Facebook is just serving to the audience that engages by spending more money. So in your case, the audience that engages more is 65 plus, and Facebook just takes the singles and uh, just takes the signal signal uh, that they engage more and spends more money to it. Um, so this is the this is the my answer. Then he says. Uh, this is so weird. Ages, uh, even ages 65 plus have the best uh, CPCs, but women at the age don't even have menstrual periods. Yes, but their children have. Okay, so a mother who has her uh, daughter, for example, uh, given labor or whatever, uh, she might be interested in that. Uh, I haven't uh, spent a lot yet. Would you suggest spending more on Facebook to optimize or just changing? In that case, I would I would strongly suggest you to run uh, with interests so that you can uh, be able to get out of that. Uh, changing the target uh, age range, of course, you have to change it if you see that it's not getting you there. To spend all the budget on younger people. 
unsubscribed and have turned the notifications on. Uh, and I said, what if they sold uh, a interest for their children? I had products for moms, for instance, for children uh, on the age. It's like the example that I give with um, uh, my niece, for example, okay? Uh, for children on the age of 5, 10, and grandmothers were also significant audience. This is coming from my experience with a client that they had clothing, and they said, okay, we just want to target moms. And then you were running ads, and you are seeing that they are wrong. There were a lot of sales in the age of um, 50, 55, 65 plus, because these are grandparents that they want to buy things to their um, grandchildren. And uh, I say, uh, then try to narrow down the ages also, Uh, but not yet. Uh, do it after some spend that if you have zero sales in the way that Facebook does. Because I want to see if older people are going to be able to buy this product for their children. It also worth the try. Another theory is that the pixel is super new and does, just doesn't know how to target. So avoid broad and stick to interest first or try to guide it properly with narrow of ages. The same things that I said. The certain here is that you need to give it time before you take serious decisions. Um, So uh, I say, P.S. So you're not a sub, but I do believe you. I still, I'm still teasing him. Uh, then says, Dan, so you're saying Facebook can even recognize people who could buy a certain product as a gift, not themselves. I've never thought of that. It's not about recognizing. It's about, okay, you put the, you put the age of 65 plus. So it's just serving there and it's getting engagement. If it's getting engagement, it's going to spend more there because it thinks that people are going to convert. It doesn't mean that it recognizes that, Uh, this old woman's uh, daughter has given birth, so let's target here with that. No, it doesn't recognize. It recognizes that you're targeting this age uh, with this creative and people are, com uh, are actually engaging with that. They are watching the video. Uh, I thought they were confusing it with uh, these regular hitting pads for pain relief. Maybe that's also the case. By the way, how would you suggest uh, testing in a small country? Uh, the total reach in Lithuania is 2 million, so maybe start with wide open targeting at around 100 per day. Whenever I stack interests, uh, the audience size uh, is always less than a million. Yeah, in your case, I think that you should go with broad targeting, focus on the creatives. If, for example, you see that there is a miscommunication into your uh, creative about what you're selling, try to make a better creative, which is going to explain it better. Uh, I'm subscribed, bro. I can send you screenshots. <laughs> you provide a lot of value, so I definitely supporting you. Uh, then I tell him, I know you are. I was joking. When other people buy something for them or for a gift, uh, it's still a purchase. About smaller counters, do, uh, don't do interest. Just do broad and crazy method. Try to see if you can lower... Uh, the ages in order to narrow it down a little bit more but still in 2 million I would still go super broad and try to get sale with my creatives instead of trying to get sales with my targeting. Uh, still though research uh, if they are confused by your copy messaging or the video. I'm very happy that I'm answering the same things that I'm thinking right now which means that I'm consistent. Next. Uh, got it. So a simple concept of a crazy method, desired uh, total daily spend, desired uh, CPA uh, equals total number of ad sets. For example, 200 for 10 desired CPC, 20 ad sets at uh, 200 per day CBO. Uh, and from that point, you continue to optimize the campaign. What minimum budget um, would you recommend for this method? I want to test 20 different products. So for me personally, 50 a day as a starting point would be ideal considering the fact that 2 million dollars is pretty small. And then I tell him, well, start with 210 assets. Why? 
because you can even do 205 ad sets. It's what you are trying to set, to spend per ad set. You don't have to, just because you have $10 cost per purchase, for example. And by the way, I disagree with desired. It's completely different what you desire from what you are getting. If you are getting sales at $10, yes. Then uh, you can go, you can do 200 with 20 ad sets. I wouldn't do that. I like to consolidate a little bit more my crazy method comparing to the past. So instead of having 20, I would have 10, aiming 20, uh, so two sales per day in, in an ad set. Uh, or you can do five, aiming for three. Um, I would do eight to 10 with this uh, situation over here. Um, I say, well, start with 210 assets, see average cost per purchase and how uh, fast it spends uh, or uh, not spends and then find your ideal combo. 50 per day is fine considering you are testing one product each time. Okay. Uh, is there a maximum amount of assets you would recommend at a $50 budget? Five cost per purchase would be uh, 10 assets, but that seems like quite a lot. I tell him to do four to five just to start, start testing. He thanks me and that's it. Let's go to the next question. How can uh, we know if we have a strong pixel? Is there a spend amount to define this? When do you know that you have a strong pixel? When you are starting running ads, you are not having the results that you want or the consistency. You are having this effect that we said about 24, 48 hours, getting sales and then not having more sales and so on. When you are having that and then after some point you are seeing it being more stable. Okay, You are seeing that I'm having sales every day. Uh, it's not a campaign that starts and dies. I started uh, testing. So you're doing interest. Then you start testing lookalikes. They're working. After that, you start testing broad targeting. It's working. So you know that your pixel is strong. There is no such thing as watching, okay, 500 sales, your pixel is strong. No. It really uh, matters what kind of niche you are advertising to. So if you're advertising in a very broad niche, you need more sales. If the niche is very small, you need actually less sales. So in that case, I do believe that it's it's a game of um, observation instead of a game of numbers. Observe if you have consistent results, if you can do broad targeting consistently and you're having uh, good results all the time. Uh, this is when you know that you have a good, uh, strong pixel. Next one. Someone hacked my Facebook account with a fake website. Can you help me? Now, why am I putting this here? Stop asking me to help you if you have problems with uh, another account and stuff. I cannot even help myself sometimes when things are happening. Um, if you have a problem with Facebook, you need to find a way to communicate with Facebook. Uh, create another account, for example, and communicate with them. Nobody can help you. And please don't lose money to scammers that they will take you money just to fix that. Next one. I started learning lead generation Facebook ads for a roofing company. The owner wanted to target about 30 zip codes. So I typed in the 30 zip codes, 30 drop pins. Uh, it's been about two days and no leads came. Is that an issue? First of all, because the owner told you to target 30 zip codes, why does it mean that this is correct? Okay. Uh, it's doing 30 pins, can make Facebook algorithm, cannot choose uh, where to target. Um, Audience size is about 500k. Ad spend is 40 per day. Uh, very new business uh, manager and that account. CPM is 30. I'm running nine uh, ads in Dynamic Creative, uh, splitting them into three ad sets with CBO using MetaLead form. Your setup doesn't look bad, uh, but uh, I don't think that the pins is also a problem. 
Uh, now, if you want to define what is good and what is bad, I think that you need to start testing them one by one or grouping them, uh, if you can group them in a way. Uh, because over here, by having 30 pins, it's like having uh, 30 countries. You don't know which one is working or not, so maybe you need to make smaller classes. Why don't you start with 5 pins at a time? Test them. If something is working over there, you can uh, continue uh, expanding it or you can test other 5 pins, other 5 pins. But I think that 30 is too many, um, especially for a, new, uh, uh, for a new ad account. Maybe it doesn't get results there or maybe your offer is bad, your creatives are bad, your uh, everything is bad and it's not going to work no matter what. But just try to test uh, less pins in order to see if it's going to work like this. Next one. Great info. Have you had any luck scaling Advanced Plus campaign horizontally? All the time. So when you have Advanced Plus campaigns and you see that one ad over there is dominant and it's having very good sales, uh, what you can do is you can just see, am I having a second ad and third ad and fourth ad behind that which is having profitable uh, ROAS and spending? If yes, you can easily take it from 500 to 700 and then take it to 800, 900. See how it behaves for 3, 4, 5 days, then scale it more. If as long as your main ad, your leading ad in the Advanced Plus campaign, it's uh, working well and it's taking all the uh, spend and everything with good profitable ROAS, you're going to be fine. Yes, I have done several times and I can tell you it's working uh, flawlessly. The only way that you could do this, the same thing in a CBO, is when you go and you see when you have 10 assets, 8 of them having sales and uh, they take budget and stuff and then you say, okay, uh, out of the 10 assets inside the CBO, 8 of those are spending in a profitable ROAS, I can scale horizontally. If you don't have that, then don't scale a CBO. But in advanced plus, it's much more easy because you have one dominant ad, which if it can take more, uh, if you spend more and it's going to accept it, it's totally fine. Uh, next one, and no, I haven't used the 20% rule over here. I have scaled even more aggressively than that. Uh, next one, uh, it's a series of questions and answers. Uh, I don't even have Advanced Plus for uh, my new ad accounts. The feature is completely missing. I only have Advanced Plus for my seasonal accounts. I heard you need to have certain ad spend to be able to unlock Advanced Plus. No, it's not about ad spend. It's coming live uh, to all the ad accounts by the end of the year. Uh, the reason that I'm putting this here is because um, I have to admit that at that point that I answered to him, it's been several days ago, if not 20 or 30 days, I didn't know about that. So I took a new account and it didn't have Advanced Plus and I started spending money to it and then it got the Advanced Plus. And someone else also told me that. So in some cases, maybe you have to spend a little bit, but for sure we know that by the end of the year, every other account is going to have Advanced Plus if they don't. Um, that's what even Facebook customer support is saying. So you're saying they're wrong. First of all, because it's customer support doesn't mean that they are right. Uh, I, I answer here. Uh, it is the first time uh, hearing someone relate Advanced Plus uh, as a spend and log feature. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, especially due to the fact that uh, in new creator accounts is usually there for me. That's true also. I have created several new ad accounts and I have been to several ones. It, it, they always had Advanced Plus. It's just this one case that I didn't have it and it came. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it got unblocked by spending. Uh, maybe it got uh, unblocked because 
it got unblocked like all the other accounts that are getting it by the end of the year who knows all i know is that meta announced that it will be on all accounts by the end of the year and uh, yeah a lot of to me it sounded a little bit cheap from the customer support to say nah i just need you to spend more money and it's going to appear uh, but uh, maybe this is the truth who knows anyway um just putting it here if someone has the issue. Next one. Hi, Constantinos. I've recently launched. Then we go for another round of questions. Um, hi, Constantinos. I've recently launched a few CBOs for one of my products. Total budget of around 500. Day one and two was very good. Always there are very good. Day three was a bit worse. And day four was very bad. I've even noticed more negative reactions and comments on my uh, ad post comparing to the previous days. When this happens, does this mean somebody is using manual bid and out bidding me? No, it doesn't mean that necessarily. It means that your pixel is not strong enough to continue having good results or you had some bad initial sales. Or is this that my pixel is new and not very stable? In other words, should I worry about uh, such fluctuation in results or just keep spending until they stabilize? You keep spending, but if they are, they are doing very bad, you need to start relancing ads also. Next one. Uh, so to conclude, even if you are uh, seeing uh, good results from specific placement, uh, we should still use auto placements all the time. Yes, because auto automatic placements, even if we don't like it or not, they are having better results. Even with new pixels and small patches, we are testing like 50 per day. Sadly, yes, I have seen better results overall. Got it. May I know what type of ads work best for you and your clients, emails, carousel, or videos just in general? Now, the, I find this a very, uh, sorry to say that, a very stupid question. Why? Uh, I hear this all the time. I don't know why is this a new thing. Are there several videos now, right now on YouTube that they say that you should run this type of ads and everything? Every type of ad can work and every type of ad cannot work. So it's about the company, it's about the content that you have. Okay, we all hear about UGC and stuff, but I have seen UGC uh, failing miserably. It's also the execution that really matters. So there is no such thing as, hey, tell me what kind of ads your clients are running so that we can do the same kind of crazy. It doesn't work like this, guys. Every business is completely different. Uh, got it. And when you said uh, you don't do manual placements, uh, do you have the same approach with age and gender? For example, if a certain age performs uh, the best, you still keep it broad or narrow it down. No, in that case, I will do broad targeting with specific ages and genders that work and will spice it up with crazy method. On uh, lookalikes, though, I won't touch the ages, just gender specific ads. Uh, if the difference is 8% or more, and uh, I will uh, do this only on uh, stacked lookalikes. As you can understand, I do it only when I can still go deeper to what works, but keep it also with the potential reach as much as I can. So what I'm saying here is that, yes, if you have ages and gender that they're going to be in your core audience, but you know it provenly with breaking down the results that this is the case, what you can do is that, you can do broad targeting, you can do crazy method, and you can put this kind of age. So constrain a little bit the uh, potential reach by just uh, putting the ages uh, and uh, the gender that you want. Now, in stacked lookalikes, uh, I have seen products, for example, which is only dresses, for example, okay? In stacked lookalikes, I would use only women, for example. A lot of times when I do lookalikes, I don't like to touch the ages or the gender. I just like to keep it open because I know that from the pixel and all the sales, 
that this company has, it's going to target still only women or like 80 or 90% of the audience is going to be women. Um, so if I have a strong pixel and stuff and I do stack lookalikes, which has a big potential reach, I might go and I might uh, put only women there uh, or only men, depending on the case. On the other hand, if I just do a single uh, lookalike, I wouldn't touch it. I would keep open the um, targeting of uh, the age and the gender, uh, no matter what. Next, uh, because after analyzing the best and worst performing days of my ads, I've noticed that when ads were performing the best, Facebook was spending most of the budget on older people. However, during days uh, when they didn't perform that well, that specific age group received only 20% of the total spend. So I can't seem to understand why Facebook stopped spending on the demographic age group it performed the best. Because it's Facebook. Uh, as we said, we do trust the algorithm, but we are there to intervene if mistakes are being made. Okay, uh, there can be many reasons for that. You can uh, combat it with uh, crazy method broad targeting with specific demographics. You need to have a variety of campaigns. You are safer like this. You cannot, you cannot just expect from Facebook to be a safe platform for you. So you have to find ways like the crazy method or other things like having a structure with a lot of campaigns in order for you to be safer for this kind of uh, fluctuations. Next one. Hey Kostadinos, I just came across your channel recently, thank you. And I got to say, you are dissing out some seriously uh, quality stuff, thank you, super informative and you come across as a real down to earth. Uh, that's the best compliment. Um, I really like, I, I don't really like uh, flexing and all of this hustle and all of these lambos and all, all this kind of stuff. I'm, guys, I'm 36, I'm not young like 25 so that i can have insecurities about the money that i make and all of that i'm totally fine with my life uh, i find joy in what i do and i don't have to flex um, and i believe that down to earth i hope that i'm down to earth okay because everybody when they make money they cannot just become the same person that's true that you have some impact into your character uh, I hope that I'm staying humble, but let me tell you that for me, there's another audience of people that they will work with me, that they like that, but there are other people of, that there are other people that they are not just not going to work with me because they don't like that and they want to work with someone who is not humble and who is flexing because this is proving that they are successful or not. So, you know, it's how you see it. For me, whoever is flexing, it has a mental problem of actually having an insecurity of proving that he's uh, successful. If you don't have this problem, you don't have to flex. You just have to show your ad accounts and what you're doing there. I don't believe that... And we're marketeers, okay? If you market yourself like um, a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever that may be, uh, you just end up all the time in a situation that you are trying to preserve that, you know, and you're trying to buy the next Lampo and the next thing. It's just a game that you have to play all the time and it never ends. So you never find peace. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you can just do a lavish life or have a nice time, not showing anything, uh, just show results uh, on Facebook ads and stuff. And, um, you know, you don't have to convince people to work with you just because you are driving a Lampo or whatever. Uh, next one. Uh, oh, he says, quick question. Uh, I've got these Advanced Plus campaigns that have been uh, humming along nicely with good results. Perfect. I'm thinking of uh, upping the budget. People out there, 
are throwing around numbers like 20 to 50 percent. 20 to 50 doesn't exist, 20 percent is the correct. The whole idea comes from the fact that we have 20 percent so that we won't get out of the uh, so that we won't get so that we won't get back to the learning phase. Uh, because after you get 50 events on the last um, seven days, if you have this attribution setting within your ad set, uh, then what is happening is that you get out of learning phase. Does it make any sense? I haven't seen differences with ads that they go out of learning phase and they are still on the learning phase. Okay. I have even seen learning limited ads being profitable. So this is the reason that they say 20% uh, to not ruin the campaign. Another thing that I want to point out here is this. It's very easy for people to just throw numbers just so that they can show that they are experts. Uh, the biggest example that I have uh, and please, if you watch it, I don't want to start a beef with you. <laughs> I just don't. But I, I find it a little bit stupid. Sorry. The uh, three two two strategy. Um, is this guy? I don't remember his name. Is professional something? Uh, that he has uh, three creatives, uh, two uh, copies, two headlines. Why is it different if you do three three three, uh, three four four, three four eight, uh, three four five? You cannot do eight. I just don't understand it and I just believe that we're coming here and we're just throwing uh, let's do the method uh, 6335 because it looks nice you know and when you're throwing numbers um, it looks super professional you know that you calculate it you know that I just I just don't find it useful you know and then you have 20% um, is something that's coming from Facebook anyway uh, what's your take on this? Uh, or should I take a different route and duplicating the campaign, uh, then give the new one an increased budget? You can do both. As I said with Advanced Plus, I think that these are campaigns that you can scale horizontally. Uh, you can easily do it. I have done it several times. And because I just mentioned the other guy earlier, you have to understand that all of us, we, we are experts based on the experiences that we had. For example, if I have worked with a lot of companies uh, in e-commerce, I'm, um, I'm just sharing the experiences that I have with that, with the budgets that I played, with the niches that I had and stuff. It doesn't mean that our ideas are the correct ones for every single business. This is why you need to watch several business, uh, several, uh, e several YouTube channels and uh, several people for their ideas and see if it's working. Maybe the 322 is working very well for fishing companies. Who, who knows? Okay, but I'm just saying that all of these things that you're watching is something that you should implement. You should go to the next person, implement this, implement that, implement that, and use whatever is working for your business. It doesn't mean that because I'm showing you results from this thing working that's going to work necessarily in your uh, business. So yes, you can scale it horizontally. Uh, you can even go even more aggressive. If you have a lot of ads inside that they have converted and they take budget, uh, you can do it. Uh, you can check after three, four, five days to see what kind of results you are getting with this scaled ad. And uh, if your scaled ad is supporting it, uh, then you can scale more and more. Um, if you have a lot of content and a lot of creatives, I will do another advanced plus with those instead of uh, just using it for a scaling way because you can do only eight advanced plus in one account. So yeah, you can do it. You can go for it. Uh, let's go to next one. Uh, I, I just don't know if we will ever finish. Uh, let's go to next one. And uh, we have several, I mean, 
Yeah, I don't think we'll, I think we will do three hours a day here. Easily. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this was it. No, I have done nothing yet. So, since the podcast is uh, taking too long, I decided to make this podcast uh, with two parts, part A and part B. This is the uh, end of uh, part A and I will see you on part B. This was the Facebook Ads Breaking News Podcast. Like it or not, it is what it is. 